praise God. Let's just read from the Bible before we get any further. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be reading a well-known passage of Scripture, Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. And thank God for this beautiful day and a year that's almost coming to an end. Amen. It's Hebrews 11, and I'm going to read verse 5 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay, that's the point. Romans 10, 16 and 17. Romans 10, 16 and 17. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 12, just a bit further along, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Father God, thank you for your precious word. Help us to understand it. Help us to really grasp it. Help us to allow it to change us and to make us strong people, Lord. Because that's what you want in this day and in this age. You've always wanted that. A strong, healthy people that are able to proclaim your word boldly and with power. And we ask you to help us with that right now. In the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. The title of this message is God Loves Faith. God loves faith. He loves it. And we read that scripture, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you turn that around, what do you get? Well, with faith, you please him. We please him. Can you see that? He's very pleased with faith. It's something that we've got to grasp. God hungers, put it that way, for faith. His eyes look throughout the earth to see if there's faith. He's looking for faith all the time. The Bible says, the Lord said, when he comes back, will he find faith? Can you see that? There's a danger that he won't, but he loves it. He loves it. Now, the big question is why? Why does God love faith so much? Because it's trusting in him, yes, but what is it that makes him excited? Now, you see, the big danger we as children of God get into, we so easy fall into legalism. We think, oh, well, now, you know what? If I don't have any faith, God won't love me. Can you see that? It's a danger. People don't want to believe that God wants them healed because, you see, they're sick, they're feeling ill, they're being oppressed with sickness, and they're thinking as well, if God heals people, then he would have healed me because I love him, you see. But he hasn't healed me, so can you see? They think, well, maybe he doesn't love me. So we don't want to think that. We'd rather think, oh, well, we'll change the Bible, and God doesn't want people to get healed, so he allows this trash. Now, there's a big mistake in that. You see, the first thing we need to say is, you and I can't earn his love. I hope we've all got that. I mean, it's impossible. You can't earn his love. Don't even try. Don't even try. Why? Because he loved us so much. Even before we were born again, do you know that? Even when we were in rebellion to him, he loved us more than you and I can imagine. So much so that he sent his son to die. You can't love more than that, can you? You can't. It's just impossible from a human perspective. So that's how much he loved us to start off with. That's God for you, see? So you and I are looking at the scripture we think, oh, well, 
Now, for God to love us, you know what? I've got to sort of pump my faith up. No, 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 no. That's not it. God loves us irrespective. Even if we're in rebellion against him, he still loves us. So you can't get away from that. The best thing to do, obviously, is to receive it and enjoy it. I mean, please, what's a better thing to do? But you see, why does God then want you and I to demonstrate faith? You've got to understand this. You see, the point is that for God to operate on this earth, he's made it this way. There's got to be faith. Without faith, we can't please him. It gives him joy when we have faith. And the reason is very simply this. It's like a child and a child's strength. Think about a parent. If your child is weak, are you happy about that? Do you get a great kick out of the fact, oh, goody, we're going to the doctor because of your throat and your nose and your ears, the infection. You know that story? Oh, we're so excited about this. We can't wait. Get the car ready, sort of thing. I mean, really, that's ridiculous. We're so happy when that medicine kicks in and the child is once again being naughty, eating food, making a mess. Can you see? That brings us joy. Why? Because the child is strong. The child is healthy and strong. Look at it that way. Now, let me say this. Your and my faith is the energy of our spirit man. The strength of our spirit man. Does that make sense? That's the same reason why when God sees us healthy and strong, he's happy. Throw a party. Can you see that? Because he wants his children healthy and strong. Now you might say, well, that's really nice. Wonderful. Let's get healthy and strong. But you see, God sees beyond that. Amen? This is what we've got to grasp. It's not just about you and me. It's not just about you and I. You see, when God looks at the earth, what is the greatest desire of his heart to bring the earth back to him? That's the greatest desire of his heart, is to see the earth restored to him. And if you understand it, the devil tricked mankind into going off the right path and into the wrong. Can you see? And that's why we have all these terrible things happening in the world. You see, it's man's sin that's really birthed this and What you sow, you reap. You see, so it's been over centuries, and what's happened is it's got worse and worse, and it's coming to a big climax now. We see evil all over the world, you know that. But you see, that's not God's heart. He wants to bring it back, you see. And for him to bring it back, we've got to understand, he can't just snap his fingers and it all comes back. Did you know that? Now, you say a thing like that, and people say, oh, my soul, are you saying God isn't all-powerful? No, 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 no. What we've got to grasp, and this is so important, God has created a system, and he has to abide by that system himself. All right? We've got that. So you see, God could switch it off like that, and one day he's going to have to do that. But before that, you see, he wants the better option for the thing to come back to him. And the system is that if you want to affect something on this earth, you have to have a body. The moment you and I lose our body, we have no right to be on this earth. We're out of it. One way or the other. That's the universal law. To operate in this world system, you have to, have to have a body. Has everybody got that? It's your ticket to earth. It's your earth suit in a way. If you want to go into space, what have you got to have? Space suit. Space suit. You want to walk on the moon, you've got to have a space suit. Otherwise, that sun will cook you and those temperatures will freeze you and you won't survive. 
You've got to have that. On this earth, you've got to have a body. We're looking at Advent, as they call it in the church calendar. What is that? The arrival of Christ. What was that? God, wanting to rescue the world, what did he have to do? Come in a human. Can you see that? He couldn't come in any other way. The Holy Spirit couldn't even come. Why? Because he's the Holy Spirit. You see, and holy means you uncontaminated. So the world in its condition, the Holy Spirit was sort of excluded. He couldn't come because sin. He couldn't contaminate himself, you see. So what had to happen? Christ had to come, shed his blood, and wash the whole thing clean. So now the Holy Spirit could come back, you see. Now the Holy Spirit himself can't operate on the earth unless he's got what? Some clown or other to operate through. He's got to have flesh and blood. That's why we get filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sitting there doing nothing. He'd like to, but he can't. You understand? So you see, God's looking to us humans to be his presence on the earth, to bring the earth back to him. That's the big plan. And we've got a part in that plan, be it big or small. Although with God, everything's big, by the way. One person saved to him is as big as the whole nation getting saved. But you see, we've got a job to do. Now, you have a child and the child grows up, they've got work to do. All right? You are happy when your child is out there making a success of life. Am I right or am I wrong? That's obvious. Can the child do that if they're unhealthy? They won't have the strength. What they're supposed to do, they can't do. And for a parent, that's very saddening, don't you think? If you've got a parent that's got a child that's challenged in some way, it's a great heart sore. Now, God looks down on the earth. There's this great work to be done of bringing people back to him. And he's got agents out there who have that responsibility to do that job. You see? But if those agents are all weak, and falling over themselves, and struggling just to survive, how good are they for the purpose? Can you see? It's not that he doesn't love them, but he also loves those out there that they're not reaching. Can you see? So, my point is this. When one of us grasps the truths of God, and we realize, hey, I can do this. I mean, God wants to use me. And it's got nothing to do with my education, lack thereof, my position in life, my situation. It's got nothing to do with my physical strength or how I look or whatever. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with my spirit, man, and its health. My health as a spirit being. Amen? And my health as a spirit being is reflected by my strength. How do you know a little kid is healthy when they're up? Out in the garden causing trouble, you happy. Am I right? Because they're not sitting on the bed moping and you know they're healthy. By how they behave because there's energy. Sometimes too much. You you wish there was a volume control. But you see, the point is this, that God wants us to be full of life. Energy. Spiritual energy. And what is that spiritual energy? In a word, faith. Faith. The substance of faith in you and my life. Now, please, religion has taught us, oh, well, God's only happy with us when we holy. You understand what I mean by that? Holy in the sense of, don't do that. 
don't do that. Ooh, ooh, we don't do that. Ooh, we, we do this, we do this. We, we live by a set of laws strictly. We've got the mentality that God's thrilled with that. Can I tell you something? It bores him to tears. Do you know that? How do I know that? Well, here's this rich young ruler throws himself at the feet of the Lord. He thinks he's just the right guy. Man of power for the hour. Oh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, wealthy man. On his knees, that's unusual, isn't it? Wealthy men don't get down on their knees too often, all right? And the Lord's okay, you know what to do. You know the word of the day, the Bible of the day. And he starts to recite, I did this, I did this. And I can just see the Lord standing there thinking to him, almost as if to say, get over with it. Just get over with it. There's much more to making God happy than that. Yes, we must get to church. Yes, we must pray. Yes, we must read the Bible. But not because, oh, if I don't, you know what? God won't like me. Get that out of your thinking completely. We do it because of the love we have for him. You see, that's the difference. But you see, this rich young ruler gets over with all of that. And the Lord, he sees right through him. And he says, okay, fine. All good and well. Well done. I'm happy with you. That's really nice. He loves him. Everything you've got, go and sell it. <laughs> Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. The man didn't have the faith to trust God that if I gave all of this away, I'm going to be just as well off anyway. You understand? He couldn't demonstrate faith in the living God. That would have made him happy. Let me tell you, it wasn't because God wanted him to be poor. We must get that religious thinking completely out of our head. Why do I say that? Well, just a few meters down the road, the disciples are saying, wow, you know, if he can't make it, what hope is there for us peasants, basically? Because I see him as this great man, you see. And the Lord mentions the fact that whatever you give up in this life, you get a hundredfold in this life. Can you imagine how wealthy that man would have become? And on top of it, he would probably have been recorded in the Bible as one of the apostles. You know that? It's quite possible. God had that in store for him. He threw it all up. Why? Fear, basically. You understand? And what is fear? Fear is an indication that we have not got faith. Has everybody got this very clear in your heart and my heart? God's not angry with us if we have fear. But what he's saying is we have to deal with it. How do you deal with fear? Pretend you're not afraid. Have you ever tried something as stupid as that? <laughs> you can put on a bold face, but you're terrified. <laughs> now listen, please, let's get this right. Faith is trust in God, yes, but it's more than that. There's a substance. It's not just knowing with the head. It's this knowledge in the heart. Now, please, God loves that. But we've got to realize something, that we have a responsibility to develop it. That's what we teach you all the time. All right? It doesn't just happen. Because you warm a pew every Sunday, read your Bible faithfully, does not mean your faith level is growing. Those things will help. Okay? Now, please. God loves faith. So a person might turn around and say, oh, well, you know, I don't have much faith, so God not too pleased with me. Well, you see, that's the easy way out, isn't it? It's like me saying, oh, well, I don't really have great physique. Well, I don't have a muscular body, so I'm excused. That's a really comfortable way to think, is it not? I will not go to the gym. I will be a couch potato. Now, you see, that's, like a thinking. And we'd say, well, you're being foolish because really 
If you want a decent physique, you've got to work on it. Do you not? You've got to exercise the thing and feed it properly. And there are certain disciplines involved. Now, what do we Christians do? Oh, well, we like those great men of faith in the past and even today. Woo, those miracles over there. And, and God's saying, and you? And you? I'm watching the television. I admire it. One day. <laughs> one day. You understand? Now you see, today is today, is it not? <laughs> Don't wait for tomorrow. But the point is this, you see. God is not saying to us, I don't love you because you're lazy. He's saying there's much more out there for you, and you can really bless my heart if you'll do something about it. Amen? And we've got to make this choice. Let me tell you something. The Bible, as we read, it says, to each man is given a measure of faith. You and I have all got an ability to believe something we can't see. Especially as children, am I right? We just know there's a Father Christmas. It's undisputable. Faith essentially is an ability to really believe in something you can't see. Okay? Really believe it to the extent that you'll do something about it. You'll actually act on it. You'll step out in it. At some stage, even risk your life because of it. Something you can't see. Can you see the level? But you see, we've all got a measure. We have that ability. Now, our responsibility is to do what? Take what we've got, right? It's debatable whether some people are given more than others, possibly. But that's not the point. Can you see? That's not the point. I cannot sit here and say, oh, well, I've been given a little bit of faith. But him over there, he's got big faith. Now, he might have very big faith and praise God for it. But what is God looking at me and saying? Okay, couch potato, get up and get them weights. Do you understand? Take the little bit that we do have and what? Work it. Can you see that? Work it. And when we do that, what happens? It gets a bit bigger. Can you see? If your child sits at home and does nothing and just sits in front of the television all day, if you are a proper parent, a concerned parent, you'd get worried about that. Yeah. Why? They're not out there climbing the trees, jumping off the jungle gym, risking their lives, playing in the sand, doing all this stuff, developing their strength. They're not. Their muscles just become weak. Christian, you and I cannot allow spirit man just to become weak. You see, and the point is that not only does it affect us, Amen. if I'm weak, I'm at risk. There were children when Janet was teaching these preschoolers. Some children, the parents wouldn't allow them to do anything. No playing in the sand. You understand, they cocooned the little child in a box where there was no danger for the little one. And not realizing that that's the biggest danger of all. Why? They're not out there developing their immune system with the normal bugs that come your way. They are weak. You see, when they grow up, they are vulnerable. Can you see that? Vulnerable. They're at risk, great risk. If you and I don't teach our children how to be socially responsible, 
everyday personal skills. We don't teach them that and we launch them into the world. They are exposed and they are at risk. If we don't train them up in the ways of God, when they go out there, the ways of the devil will catch them. It's a fact. Can you see? But we've got to train. We've got to expose. We've got to learn how to fight the small battles so we're strong enough to weather the big ones. That's how our faith grows, you see. It starts with you and myself in our lives, applying faith to our lives, to our own health. God does not expect you and I to go around sick. Did you know that? Yes. Graham, are you saying that if I'm sick, I'm sinning? No. You're just human, like everybody else. We're all challenged with the same bugs. Now, how are you going to fight it off? We can use medicine. There's no harm. I'm not saying that's wrong. But let me say this. There's a better way. We can do it by faith. We've proved it here. You can do it by faith. Now, why does God want us to do it by faith? Why don't we just say, like everybody says, oh, well, the doctors are given by God and we can trust in them. Thank God for the doctors. Please don't get me wrong. But what happens when sickness comes on the earth? The doctors have no answer. Now what? Now what? If you and I have sat around trusting all the time for the doctors to heal us, and that gets ripped out from under our feet, we are now what? Exposed. Vulnerable. Can you see that? Is God happy with that? Of course not. Why? Because the child he loves is just about to get taken out. And worse than that, please, we've got to grasp as brothers and sisters. Am I able to help anybody else? If I'm not too sure why I'm saved, or if I'm saved, or maybe hoping and praying God will accept me one day because I'm a fairly good person. If I'm wandering around on this earth like that, how strong is my faith in my salvation? It's zero. And if I'm like that, do you think I can help somebody else who's not saved? What sort of salvation message is that? Well, ma'am, or whoever he is, um, I sort of believe. <laughs> Would you also like to sort of believe and muddle through? Would you like to do that? Sort of believe and muddle through. Why is it that so many people are sort of believing and muddling through? Can you see? It's no recipe for health. We're not strong. We're not robust. And all it takes is for the devil to come with one little lie. And guess what? <gasps> We're done for. Why did you kill my mother with cancer? I don't want to believe in you anymore. This is happening on a daily basis. Yeah. I can count more people on the fingers of my hand that I know that have that exact argument when confronted with the gospel. You see, what happened there? They never developed their faith. The mother never developed her faith. And that's why God loves it when you and I develop our faith. Why? We can stand up, call out the devil. He doesn't have his way. And he doesn't leave people in his wake saying, God killed him. God did this. It was God's will. Can you see? Does that make God happy when he gets blamed for what he hasn't done? All because us children of God haven't read the Bible, understood the word, and developed our own faith. So when one of us does that, has the guts to do it, and we stand up and we fight off the devil and we win, God says, yes! 
Just like when South Africa scores a try. Yes! When that beast, Ibn Esbeneth, bashes through all those heavy French forwards, they all look like children, and he crashes through, and he scores the try. Yes! That's God for you. All right? When you and I have a faith victory, even if it's like that in his whole big equation, God says, yes! Why? Our people are getting stronger. His people are getting stronger. And the stronger they are, guess what? They are more capable now of reaching the world. We've got a message. Can you see that? We want to make God happy, I believe. In this church, we want to make him happy. On his terms, not ours. Is holiness not important? Of course it's very important. doesn't get any joy when we go return, like the Bible says, to our own vomit. It's not happy with that at all. But you see, it's much more than that. He wants us to be strong in him, doing exploits for him, so that his reputation can be restored. Do you know that? We're fighting a fight here to restore his reputation. When you see in the Bible his name, now you can get all hung up about what the name is, and we study that a lot, but when it says his name, it's actually talking about more than just a name. It's talking about his reputation. You understand? His reputation as being a loving God, a protecting God, a providing God, a strong God, a powerful God. All these things, these good things, that's his reputation. You see? Now you and I are charged with maintaining his reputation. Because people will not see him, but who will they see? His children, right? So now you and I have got to keep up the name. It's like if you're in a school. And the school I was teaching at, the authorities took this very seriously. They said, kids, when you leave the school in your uniform, you look after your shirt. Make sure it's not sticking out. Why? Out there... While you're in your uniform, you are representing the school. And this reputation of the school means everything. Why? If we lose our reputation as a school, we'll disappear. That's how it is. You see, now what's the devil's trick for God to lose his reputation on the earth? You see? So I'm a mealy-mouthed preacher. I stand up at a funeral and say, God took, God took. This little flower, because he wanted to plant a garden in heaven. I think I'm helping the people. What am I actually doing? I'm wrecking God's reputation as somebody who wants people healed. I'm calling him a killer. So what's happening in the world is that God's reputation has been sullied. Can you see? By weak Christianity, which does not know its Bible. Amen? Does that make him happy? God couldn't care who what people think, in a way, because it's not going to affect him. He's not insecure. <laughs> Understand? But what does affect him? Because, you see, if his name is tarnished, it's harder for people to join him, worship him. Can you see that? That's the devil's strategy. Destroy his name. Destroy his name. Well, our job is to do what? Uphold his name. How are we going to do it? By being weak and ineffective. Are we? I mean, if people look at us and say, oh, shame. 
I don't want anybody's sympathy. Let me tell you, this. the last thing I want is sympathy. I mean, I want people to be afraid. Not of me, but of what God can do through me. Amen? Respect. That's what our job is. Our job is to restore the fear of God, the respect for his name. Can you see that? And if you and I do not develop our faith, guess what? We can't do it. We can't do it. You've got somebody lecturing on economics to a whole lot of students. The man drives a beaten up car, can barely feed his family, and he's teaching us economics. We'll listen to what he says, but what's happening in our heart? Not interested. You understand? You see, we've got to be strong. Does that mean God says, oh, well, you're weak, I don't like you? No, no. Please, this is so important. It doesn't matter where you and I are at. Amen? It doesn't matter. All God's interested in is you and I saying, listen, this is where I'm at, but I want to move. Can you see? I want to move. In the other scripture, faith comes by hearing. That word comes, can be translated, grows. Faith can grow. Amen? Like your body, your strength can develop. What have we got to do? Basic essentials, feed it properly. So important. You know, I need to get the strong word of God, which teaches these things. Not, as I call it, mealy mouth preaching, which teaches us you never know what God is going to do. His ways are way above our ways. In other words, just suck it up, buttercup. If you and I go and listen to that twaddle on a regular basis, how strong are we going to be physically and spiritually? If you get fed every day, the food that you serve is just mush. How strong are you going to be? Or even worse, hamburgers and chips. How strong are you going to be? Do you understand? We've got a responsibility. God's looking at you and I and saying, okay, get it together. Get your faith up there. Get it strong. Make it powerful. Put it to work. Believe me. Pray. Trust me. Trust me for things. Start to put your faith in me. Exercise it. Do things that demonstrate, I trust you, God. Amen? And when he sees you and I doing that, my soul, he brings you the right messages. He brings you the right word. He brings you the right food. He gives you the right opportunities. He helps us. He helps us. You've got to launch out in faith all the time. And you say, well, what if I fail? God couldn't give a hoot. Do you know that? I'd rather have a child that gets on the bicycle and falls off a few times and eventually learns then a child says, I'm too scared to get on that. I'm not going to learn. What would you prefer? What would you prefer? Of course you're going to fall over. When you started to walk, what happened? What happened? Scars, whatever. But you learned how to walk. God's saying the same thing with you and my faith. We need to be robust. God loves faith. He loves us. But when we give him faith, it makes his cup over. Over.